0: You're listening to Once, Episode 193, Sympathy for the DeVille, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm
1: Jeremy Laughlin.
0: And thank you for joining us again and putting up with our random schedule recently while I was in Las Vegas from New Media Expo, but it was awesome to have Addie on there from Beyond Storybrooke. We just watched this episode, Sympathy for the DeVille. And I think an appropriate title for this, because at first, didn't you feel some kind of sympathy for her? At I did, first.
1: I did at first.
0: Because I kept thinking, what What did the author do to her that turned her like this? But at the same time, I don't think the story started, at least the author's story started here. No. I think, well, I, in a way... Well, his, the story of him? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think what actually changed the author was Cruella's mother. It seemed like she was the one who inspired him to start living life instead of recording life all the time.
1: True. What he did with that was not amazing. Yeah. Probably shaped by the tragedy slash cruelty.
0: (laughs) Nice. So the thing now we learn, Cruella's happy ending, her happiness that was stolen from her is her ability to kill.
1: What? <laughs> yeah. I don't think...
0: Hmm. She is totally psycho.
1: Yeah, I don't think... She's actually a true villain. Yeah. She just... She was just sort of... I started to wonder if... I mean, she's sort of what I would imagine... If I didn't already have a frame of reference for Lily, she's sort of what I would imagine Maleficent's child would be having... Had all of Emma's potential for darkness put into her. Yeah. She's just... I mean, who does that? Uh, sidebar, though. Speaking of who does that, uh, y-
0: you lost three husbands to your daughter? Three? <laughs> the same way? At what point do you decide, maybe I should get help, other I mean, than bringing a new man for her to kill? I'd probably be skittish after one. Yeah.
1: And, hmm. Mm, I mean, Yeah i get the mother dilemma but three and she's still in the attic
0: Mm. Mm, i don't buy it well in storybook side of things for a brief while cruella had control over maleficent which seemed like it could be Ooh, that's an interesting twist to the story but now cruella is dead unless rumple saved her or something maleficent but we saw the body (laughs) And for one thing, that's one thing to know when someone is dead is when you do actually see the bottom.
1: True, but it was at the bottom of a cliff and she didn't explode. That's true. That's usually how you know after going over a cliff that someone has died.
0: (laughs) Okay. But I'm going to guess that she is completely dead here. And (laughs) what happened then with Maleficent is kind of just almost a pointless aside. But now Cruella doesn't control Maleficent. Because if Cruella could have been saved, she would have made Maleficent swing in like the dragon that she is and save Cruella. But well, she didn't.
1: yeah, if there was time for her to think of that, I would say there was still just a dragon sleeping on the road somewhere.
0: True. the dragon may stay there forever. Probably not. No. Probably her control ends when she dies.
1: I'd say so. Pongo will be back to his normal... Uh, psychiatry-assisting, pleasant, puppy-like self Anytime it, now.
0: It was great to see Pongo again, but now we know that he wasn't, at some point, Cruella's husband that she turned into a dog.
1: <laughs> no, no, not even a stepfather.
0: And <laughs> Cruella's world is fictional London.
1: Which they finally gave something of an explanation for. Yeah, eh, you know. All right, I'll buy it. It makes all those worlds seem far less real, in a
0: sense. Well, I think it makes more sense for all of the worlds if they are locked in time in a way where there isn't any kind of technological development and the change of cultures and maturing over time and technology emerging.
1: It, it does make more sense, but at the same time... The show used to feel as though it was set up so that these worlds were just other worlds. There was ours. As though ours wasn't really any different, except that it was one without magic. Yeah. And the others were just lands with magic. But now it's almost as if they exist for storytelling, which is a little more, it's just different than what I always felt the premise of the show was in the beginning.
0: Right. But it does make it easier for telling stories of these characters Mm -hmm. making them magical without making them in our world, like Alice and Cruella and uh, all of these other different Mm -hmm. visits to fictional London. It's true, but it's kind of strange. But speaking of true, but not strange, is our gratefulness to you for sponsoring (laughs) this episode of the podcast. Special thanks this time to David Newland, Steve Johnson, Lisa Slack, Tracy Anderson, Daniel Clark. Swan Got Hooked, and Aaron O. Thank you very much for your kind donations. Nearly all of these are subscribers, which means they donate on an automatic monthly basis, which really helps us the most. And also, we have 15 backers on Patreon. Thank you very much for your kind donations to the podcast. It really keeps it going, makes it possible to do things like record a podcast when we're out of town and host the podcast on the website and do a lot of other things we could not do this without you. So thank you very much for your kind contributions. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, maybe one episode, several episodes, or automatic monthly donations, or just shop through our Amazon affiliate link so we get a portion of your purchase price back and it doesn't cost you anything extra, check out all of your options at oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And again, thanks to David, Steve, Lisa, Tracy, Daniel, Swan Got Hooked, Aaron, and our 15 Patreon backers. Thank you. Visit oncepodcast.com slash sponsor.
1: Two of them have names of podcasters on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we just
1: need a Jeremy in there.
0: That's right. So if you are a Jeremy, it's <laughs> time for you to subscribe <laughs> with some donations. <laughs> now we're going to get you have a donors coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. The author's name is Isaac. Did you... <laughs> yeah. These are just our initial reactions. That's why we're all over the place. But Jeremy, did you notice anything about that name or Mm. did anything stand out of, oh, Isaac?
1: (laughs) No. um, Isaac Newton. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Isaac Newton and Isaac Asimov are probably the two Isaacs that get most uh, referenced in society. I suppose. They're the two that come to mind, but I didn't see any real connection with him.
0: There is Isaac, the son of Abraham and Sarah in the Bible. Well, there's that. And that <laughs> Isaac was named because of Sarah's laughter, and Isaac means laughter in, in that language. But I don't see that necessarily coming into play here with a story writer or story maker being named Isaac. There's probably some other cool thing to the name, because I don't choose these names just for the sake of picking a name. Most of the time, the names have some kind of meaning. So we'll dig into that more with our full discussion, and we'd love your feedback too, and I'll tell you more how to send your feedback in a little bit.
1: I hated him less by the end of the episode. At first, I did feel sympathy for the DeVille, but that kind of took a strange turn it seemed to be starting to make sense well no wonder she'd hate dalmatians actually i was slightly disturbed by the whole i'm being chased by a dalmatian thing in the beginning yeah but then i there you know there was something about the cgi growling to take the edge off of it apparently you can't train dalmatians to growl and
0: snarl they're just too cute they're too cute too nice One of the things that we learned about the author in this episode is that when he dies, this authorship thing passes on his mantle of being the author, kind of like the Dark One curse and other things like that.
1: If you stab someone with his quill, (laughs) if you stab him with his quill, you become (laughs) the author.
0: Maybe, or maybe you have to drink the ink.
1: They didn't actually call it squid ink,
0: did they? No, they just called it ink. And that it was very special ink.
1: So I kind of, I I enjoyed a lot of things about this. And I'll remember some of those details better when we do our full discussion. But, but honestly, who knows what'll happen if the ink gets spilled? That's not (laughs) foreshadowing at all. And then all that happens (laughs) is she gets crazy eyebrows and hair. Like nothing else happened.
0: And and her voice changed from being soft and gentle. And you know, I think they did a really good job. Of making Cruella look younger in this episode.
1: They did, but...
0: Youthful and innocent in then... was half
1: hair and eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some other makeup sorts of things. I just would have expected more from such a buildup of spilling the ink and then it's all over her. Right. I'm not really sure what the terrible effect was. She was already evil, so it didn't do that. She already had her power, so it didn't do that. I'm glad they clarified what he actually wrote that stopped her from shooting because I thought of all the things he could have written to take away her power, and he wrote, the gun has no bullets. <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> that, it was just that she couldn't kill anyone.
0: Yeah. And there were, I think, several Star Wars references in what? this. Yeah, well, like the Emperor was mis- disfigured because of the whole thing that happened with his anger and rage. Uh, Similar to Cruella here, but also at the end of this episode with Emma killing Cruella and that's turning Emma dark. That reminded me a lot of Star Wars Uh, and how, uh, spoiler, by the way, but (laughs) how the Emperor wanted to turn Luke Skywalker dark by having Luke kill the Emperor. And that would be the way to turn him to the dark side. And the same thing, too, with uh, Anakin, who became Darth Vader, spoiler, again, by the way. (laughs) Except,
1: and not to go Star Wars philosophical, because I think the world has plenty of people who do that, Uh, I don't think that the plot would be the act of killing the Emperor is going to turn him dark. I think the idea was he was being made to tap into his rage more like what Rumpelstiltskin did to Regina in the beginning.
0: Well, and I think that's what Emma was basically doing, too, is tapping into her rage. Yeah, but that's not the
1: way they presented it. For the last two to three years, this and every other show on TV has been doing the whole heroes don't kill thing. Few say it quite as plainly as Once Upon a Time, and I completely disagree. It's just... It's just shoddy as a foundation to a plot. Of course heroes might have to kill in defense. If she had another option and she decided not to take it, maybe that's uh you know not great. That's not good. I think given all the magic they've given her, she probably could have found a way to get Cruella away from Henry without killing her and maybe in a way that was less dangerous to Henry. But at the same time, she didn't know. It I mean, it might be a slightly different story if she had been given the information that Cruella couldn't kill anyone, and Henry wasn't in danger, and she just said, I don't care, and shoved her off the cliff. That would be one thing, although that would require some darkness already present. But just killing her is not—it shouldn't even in their world be a thing to
0: cause her to turn dark. Well, and in as they're saying in the chat room right now, Sarah just pointed out, it's motives. and well, Yeah, but what was her motive? It was protecting her son. Yeah, a little bit more than that, too. Because here she is, she doesn't seem to trust anyone anymore. She doesn't trust the heroes. She's angry. And in a way, she killed out of anger, not just protecting her son. Yes, her act did protect her son. It did save her son. But it was out of rage that she killed. Well, maybe. Maybe. And so I think that's going to fuel her turn to the dark side. I
1: would argue that that would be darkness already present. But guess what? It's because it's not as black and white in real life as what they're presenting. You can't write it that way faithfully.
0: Yeah. One other reason why I think they might have given this a little bit of a Star Wars taste is that this last weekend has been a Star Wars celebration in California and... Uh, some really cool things happening over there, especially with the new movie from Star Wars coming out, Star Wars 7, The Force Awakens. But speaking of black and white, Rumple's heart looked like basically a piece of coal. <laughs> Barely any red to it. Um, basically all black, no glow. Mm-hmm.
1: Almost ready to crumble, it yeah. seemed.
0: And he said that when it goes completely black, he'll lose the ability to love. It won't kill him, but he'll lose that ability to love. So what is it that he's actually after? Still rewriting? Or like, is he going to have the author somehow change all kinds of things so that his heart is not black?
1: Yeah, the question is, can the author change the past? And is that what Rumble wants? Or is there something that the author can write in that will fix his heart? Or can the author simply write, his heart grew four sizes that day or however many <laughs> Oh,
0: How the rumple stole christmas
1: <laughs> they could save that story for a christmas special
0: well i'm starting to think of where this is going for season five because we do now know this is exciting news we know that there's going to be a season five josh dallas confirmed it in a um, question and answer something he was giving recently and we'll have a link in the show notes oncepodcast.com slash 193 but it is confirmed that once upon a time will have a fifth season we're not sure if he was supposed to say that it will have Mm. a fifth season but it will have a fifth season and by the way speaking of not supposed to say i got to meet jane espenson while i was in las vegas i knew she would be at this event where i was which was the international academy of web tv awards and she was one of the presenters at the awards and i got to meet her just a few minutes before the awards ceremony i knew we were short on time and to my disappointment she said basically abc wouldn't allow her to speak about once upon a Mm. time so total bummer she seemed really nice and she seemed even a little bit disappointed that she couldn't talk about once upon a time and i wouldn't blame her It's, (laughs) it's her baby right now But uh, I did get to meet her, and the question that has me smacking my forehead is when people ask, well, did you at least get a photo with her? No, I (laughs) didn't. Did I give her one of our once podcast cards? No, I didn't. (laughs) Did I ask her how I could arrange to have an interview with her? No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kind of failed. (laughs) Sorry. Well, we'll hear from her at some point. You, You better. But really. She's a wonderful lady. Awesome to see her participating in the International Academy of Web TV Awards, supporting mm. independent filmmakers out mm. there. Really neat for her as a, a known storyteller to be part of that.
1: She's definitely one of our favorites.
0: Yes. Yes. And I wanted to tell her that, but I was just so so <laughs> short on time to be able to say anything that it, it didn't go well. I'll be able to fix that. I'll find the author and have him rewrite the story for us.
1: Typically, when the dialogue feels just that much better, I'm like, yeah, this is an Espenson.
0: (laughs) So, where we're going with this in Season 5 could be an interesting direction. What if Emma becomes the villain of Season 5? What if Rumpel is gone, or Rumpel and Emma team up? Like I joked in our last episode, how I I jokingly said something to a listener about Emma running off with Rumple. Now I'm thinking that might not be too far off. Not like in a romantic way, but in the way of teaming up together and Emma's starting to think, yeah, this side makes more sense. Yeah, let's let's get our happy endings for the villains. Yeah, the heroes don't deserve their happy endings because the heroes aren't heroes after all. Hmm. You villains are just misunderstood people. You just you just want true love. You just want to be respected. You just want your family or you know, whatever direction they could go with that. We have four episodes left in season four, and the finale date is May 10th. And it's a two-episode, two-hour finale event. So keep that in mind with your DVRs and your schedule and everything. And we'll keep that in mind with our scheduling for the party, which we'll, we will announce very soon. A good way that you can make sure that you find out the details about the party is sign up for our email list over at oncepodcast.com and we'll send out those details as soon as we can. We'll also share them on Twitter, on the Facebook page, the Google Plus page. We'll share it everywhere. But... What do you think about that? Do you think Emma will go completely dark and stay that way? Oh,
1: so up in the air, because I mean, on the one hand, you've got the build-up to Shattered Sight, which mm, I'm sure there were some stubbed toes, but then you've got the Zelina thing that's been building, unbeknownst to
0: us, yeah. for all this time. I forgot completely about that in our right. conversation. <laughs> uh,
1: so, you know i suppose they should not be underestimated
0: and yeah with the zelena thing so she's a big villain now rumple is turning into a big villain again emma might be turning into a villain if this arc doesn't resolve in this season and i'm okay with it not resolving completely Because I want to see a great lead-in into season five, which at this point, now I believe that season five will be the last season for Once Upon a Time. Hmm. Uh, It could be longer, certainly could be, and it would be great if it is. But I'm thinking season five might be the end. And this could be a way of their building up to it to make some kind of final battle and resolve it in some way. I have no idea how they could do that with how they're setting things up. Hmm. I could see maybe the Zelina thing being resolved this season. The Robin and Regina arc being resolved. But the Rumple, the happy endings, uh, maybe even the author being resolved or killed this season. Hmm. But Emma going dark, maybe that changes. Maybe she becomes the dark one.
1: So the author, if he gets killed, I think Henry's the next. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. And then uh, wouldn't it be tragic if the first story he has to write is the story of his mother mm. turning dark
0: unless he uses his power as an author to turn her back to light again mm, is that too much
1: manipulation might be but or is manip- that just the way the story should go
0: manipulation to a good <laughs> end or trying to write everything that was wronged by the other author Hmm.
1: yeah how did he get from where he was to where he ended up Writing such terrible things.
0: I think this is that this was the story not only of Cruella, but of the author as well. That he was inspired by Cruella's mother to basically write his own stories or to participate, to live life. And then with this broken heart that he got from Cruella, I remember in the chat room doing the live show tonight, people were saying, oh, maybe Isaac broke Cruella's heart. No, it was the other way around, actually. So I think because of that, he's gone on this new quest to make a better story and write things differently. Mm. Here's one thought I just had on our conversation about Henry possibly becoming an author. What if the names of the authors go backwards alphabetically? (laughs) H comes before I. So maybe that's why he has the name Isaac is so that it's an I and then H. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's I know that's I a bit that's of a too difficult. Like, does it all go back to someone that go has the name A? And or then like it's the Over. First, the first author all was maybe a Z. Maybe Zoso was the first author. Okay, I'm getting yes, absolutely whoa. crazy here. But we'd love to have your feedback for this episode <laughs> of Once Upon a Time. So please send us an email with the subject line Sympathy for the Deville and send that off to feedback at once podcast.com. You can leave a voicemail at nine zero three two three one two 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 one or send a voice message through the website at oncepodcast.com. You can get the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 193. Join the forums and subscribe to the podcast, rate, review us in iTunes. All of that is available at oncepodcast.com. And we'd love to read some new reviews in the podcast. So check that out, oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. Please connect with us on Twitter at Once Podcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle.
1: I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N.
0: Look for our coming announcement for the finale party and come to that in the greater Cincinnati area on May 10th and get ready for an exciting finale. But until then, there's more than one way to skin an author. And thanks for listening. (laughs) The podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them and keep the podcast running, then please go to onespodcast.com slash sponsor to make a one-time donation, an automatic monthly donation, a per-episode donation, or shop through our Amazon affiliate links. It's all at onespodcast.com slash sponsor. And thank you for your support.